Today's episode is brought to you by the Sounds in Cinema podcast. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. You have been forewarned. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This, what the fuck? I don't know. The El Mariachi Desperado Mexico Edition? My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, your friend and mine, the man with a plan, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. All I got is piss warm chongo. You went deep on that Marin voice. Ah, uh, well, you got it. You got to do Marin right. <laughs> I got. I for the record, um, the cold open of Desperado is one of the best cold opens we've ever. Seen. And I can say that with confidence because seventy-five percent of the movies we do, minimum, right. have cold have opens. Cold opens. <laughs> it's this and. Rambo First Blood Part 2 are my, are my current uh, top two. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think it's the best scene in it's, in either of these movies. I, it's it's one of my first notes. My, <laughs> I think one it's of my first high... notes is, this is an incredible fucking cold open. It, but it, it, may, it may do more harm to these movies than it does good, because it's a high that they could never recover from. Yeah... I, I may be biased. I think Steve Buscemi is the greatest American actor working today. So having a whole scene that's just him, just, just him, really just a monologue, right? A Steve right. Buscemi monologue with a with Cheech Marin, a straight man. <laughs> Why has no one ever thought of this before? Why does Tommy Chong get all the fun? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I my notes here in order are like Buscemi's story is such a great beginning. Buscemi is so fucking good. Love this cold open. <laughs> it's amazing. Those are my yeah. first three notes. Unbelievably so. Well, we're not there yet, though, Tom, because right now we are ranking these sequels. Yes. So for for our audience, if you don't know, Robert Rodriguez, the director of these three movies, uh by vastly different titles. So he started with El Mariachi, which was his first really, you know, first movie of note. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of his career that I think went through Sundance. And Desperate, so then he made a sequel, but it's sort of a remake slash sequel. Well, this is what I, I wanted to talk about because it, it's a kind of sequel we we haven't really seen before on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is the, as exactly as you said, the remake come sequel. Yeah. And it's a very specific subgenre. And in my mind, I relate it to the Evil Dead. Right. Okay. Uh, trilogy and the Mad Max movies. Mad Max. This sort of like you, you're, you're ostensibly moving forward with the story, but really you're remaking the previous movie. Because there's a because you have and more think, money and you're making it better. That's it. Yeah, it's like the distinction I think from something like Die Hard to Die Harder, which is you know you you could 
totally say is a remake of Die Hard is that but in those, formula the, in name you know what i mean like you well there's no disparity between them like i think with these movies there's there's a production reason to go back and remake something either mm-hmm. we have more money we right. have famous people we have yeah right <laughs> um, right we have uh better effects certainly that's what evil dead 2 was 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 all about was like yeah. oh well now we can actually do the things we wanted that to do. we wanted to do exactly right, right. So, I mean, in terms of what we've done, I would say more like the Final Destination movies, you know, like, like, I want to remake this as a comedy. And then the person whose movie was being remade came back and said, no, I wanted to be a drama again. Yeah, right. So it's like some behind the scenes reason to keep remaking the same same material. And Mm -hmm. I suppose, I mean, it's a watch along, but... um, Star Trek the Motion Picture, you could see sort of Wrath of Khan is like, what would a Star Trek movie look like? What would the same material look like if we got Gene Roddenberry out of the way? <laughs> if he didn't have fuck it up with his with his boring banality. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's Wrath of Khan. Yeah, absolutely. And I, so, you know, it's, it's fun. So, I mean, we go from El, Mari- El Mariachi to Desperado to Once Upon a Time in Mexico which yeah. was actually an idea given to him by his good friend Quentin Tarantino while they were making Desperado. He said, you know what you ought to do? Well, that's the other key context here, because I find it impossible to to look at Robert Rodriguez's movies without thinking of Tarantino and vice versa. Because mm-hmm. if you look at their careers side by side, they've not only collaborated and worked on each, each other's movies, movies right. so frequently, but when you see their movies, you realize that the content and style of their movies imitates each other. Yeah. And their movies dove, dovetail. Yes. And um, that's the, the... But what's kind of interesting... But kind I don't think interest- that's a bad thing either. No, either. no, I, no, I, no. I, I think they, they just have true... You know, they came up at almost the exact same time. Yeah. Or, or at least came to prominence at the exact same time. You know, Quentin maybe has just a few years before Robert Rodriguez. But um, but you can tell that there's just so much genuine affection for each other and for each other's work. Completely. And, it you know, it's interesting in terms of the similarities of their work, but also the differences. And what, what struck me here is that Rodriguez and Tarantino are both filmmakers who um, make... Ex- exploitation action genre movies you know mm-hmm. uh, nominally um that are very leisurely paced mm-hmm. yeah like it's a there's that weird kind of dichotomy in that in both of their works however i always feel like with tarantino it's intentional and a choice with rodriguez i more often feel like the story just gets away from him a little bit <laughs> okay and the the pace I... always feel, the pace of his movies always feels like it's lagging. I mean, the wor- in the worst Tarantino, that's true too. Hateful eight, but um, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yes, but uh, more often than not, you know, when Tarantino slows things down and the plot starts to meander, I kind of feel like I know why he's doing it. I'm not always sure I know why Rodriguez is doing it, except that he's not quite sure of his material. Okay. And that, that came across to me very strongly in these two movies. <laughs> well, I'll have plenty to say about that, because I, 
I might have had a turnaround on one of the movies. Interesting. On that very subject. So well, I, I, we'll mine, wasn't a t- mine wasn't a turnaround, but certainly I'm basing a lot of my uh, judgments on No, because I, I, I had problem. always had the same thought about that problem. Yeah. And remarkably... As applied to a lot of his movies. Like on a, this like... one viewing, it was a little less of a problem for me. Oh, okay. For one of these movies. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So obviously, I mean, we're here to rank and declare. Yeah. And I mean, I'm curious. How did that go for you? We always kind of ask each other, what, easy, hard? Well, like, where, 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 where'd you sit with all of this? I didn't lose much sleep over it. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> um, which is an app met- an app metaphor for movies that that have an inordinate number of dream and fantasy sequences, mm-hmm. uh, for no apparent reason. Um, yeah. So all I, the only caveat I, it was very easy. The only caveat to that I would say is I had to watch both movies to the very end before I was sure what I was gonna do with them. Um, but I didn't have to think about it afterwards at all. Like, it, it, what, once the movies were done, I was like, okay, I got the measure of these movies now. But well, while, I thought, I, I, thought but I, while I was watching them, uh, I was going back and forth a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I had my thoughts before the movies started, and my thoughts stayed the same. Oh, okay. Interesting. I came in knowing what I thought. I how I thought I would feel, and it turned out I that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, 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 in summary, you've learned nothing. Yeah, these movies. <laughs> Great. Not, one of the one of these movies was not able to change my mind. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, where you want to go first? Would you like me to go first? Let's let's rank first. You want to rank first? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, you go first then. For me, this was my thought before I watched the movies and my thoughts after I watched the movies. I am Desperado first and Once Upon a Time in Mexico last. And I say last instead of second. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Interesting. And this is what I'm most curious about is, is... what you're going to do and, and, and how you're going to declare. but Because it's the third in the series. Right. <laughs> well, I tell you, I think, I, think there's a, I think there's a trilogy exception to my love of thirds. Okay. I think when it's in, in, the, in the context of a trilogy, for some reason, the rule doesn't they apply. Fall sh- they fall short. Yeah, because, I mean, when, when we did Back to, the, Back to the Future Part 3, you know, I had, I had some problems with that uh you know return of the jedi is an amazing movie but it's not the it's the worst of that trilogy yeah um you know so actually not big on not big on the trilogy thirds in the way i am um the third in the a third of four series. or five or yeah, yeah yeah so um you needn't have worried because i have the same ranking as you okay and i will probably use the word last as well Oh, see, this is what I was most curious about. So, yeah, 
I am I am officially Desperado. I think is a good movie, and I still think it's a good movie. I I I cannot get over Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I hmm. I really wanted to give it a second chance. I really disliked that movie when I saw it in a theater. Oh, okay. I'd never seen it before. Yeah, and um, my opinion has not changed. I, but I purposefully avoided it. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 it's one, because, you know, it's, it's been, it's been, <laughs> it's a 2003 movie. We've had nearly, I've had nearly 20 years to see it. Right. Uh, and I, and I've chosen not to. And you've to. chosen not to. Well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, culture has helped me. It's interesting that when you, when you put this up on the IMDb, it's like the fourth or fifth once upon a time. Right. You have to yeah, go exactly. down. You have to, you, gotta you have go to do America. To you have it. to do China. China. You have to, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's ranked to the, you know in terms of the world rankings it's like right at the bottom um so yeah i was coming at it from from a different angle uh so you said good good bad right i did yeah yeah i i i have the same um okay. i think desperado is there's enough good performances Direction, editing, editing, cinematography, thank you, yeah. uh, music. Yes, I love the way it handles itself. As Especially a to me, almost the first half of that movie. The not the, well, maybe not quite half, but the first third of that movie to me, uh, I see real vision. Yeah, and he is bringing to bear all of his skills and all the mm. things you just talked about, directing, editing, yeah. musical choices, everything is coming together in a way that still works. Absolutely. Yeah. And another, another thing that, you know, in, the, in both Tarantino and Rodriguez's work that I, I admire is they make seemingly superficial movies that have a lot of ideas behind them. Yes. And, and, and that's one of that's my big notes true for Desperado. Desperado. Yes. Yeah. Um, on the downside, I there think are that things I... in that movie that I would not forgive if they <laughs> weren't, if it wasn't a part of the movie, if if it was, if 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 it's not talked about, and but it is, it's in the script, it's in the writing, it's in the characters' choices. So there, are, you know, and that's also why it's not a ret- you know, a retread in the same way that that uh, Die Harder is because they they. Typically, and this this is what I mean about it, I like the way it handles itself as a sequel. They typically acknowledge when they are resetting and replaying, like mm-hmm. that becomes part of the of of the they're very that's that sort of self reflexive, self referential uh, when they know they they're pulling the same shtick again. Yeah. Um, on the downside, I'd say. This movie has a real problem with forward momentum. Um, and I know exactly what you're saying, and <laughs> that has been my complaint about the movie since I first saw it. And yeah. it was not. It was not as big a problem for me this particular viewing. Yeah, because there's a lot to compensate for that. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, it was, and it, you know, it didn't, it didn't make me question whether this was a good movie or not. It's just about 20 minutes from the end of the movie. I, I had the sudden realization that this movie hasn't gone, nor will it go anywhere. Right. right? <laughs> and I have to take that into account, but it didn't, it didn't sway me. Okay. 
I also, I mean, and again, this is this is a Rodriguez canon thing rather than just these movies. But I don't always think Robert Rodriguez knows the the value of his own real estate. Sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. I think there's How a do you kind mean? of. I mean, in both of these movies, but in a in just a lot of his movies. There's a kind of misplaced emphasis or energy on the wrong characters, the wrong stories, okay. uh, to the detriment of the movie. Of the movie as as a whole. With, yeah, and I think luckily this movie doesn't. It that there's parts of this movie I don't understand why we're spending so much time on. Um, but luckily it doesn't. We don't lose the focus. It doesn't of what necessarily the... detract, or if it well, does, it does it in increments. Like just well, in watching these two movies back to back, I realize that the the difference is it, we don't lose focus on what the movie is and what it's yes. supposed to be. And I can't say that about Once Upon a Time no, in Mexico. I cannot either. So, um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to like. Yeah, um, for me too. And what what is what is not um, ideal is not uh, doesn't compromise the movie as much as it possibly could and later would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's interesting to see, like you know, he pulls himself. I think this movie pulls itself back from the brink of the same mistake that condemns Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to get into it. We're going to hash this out. Oh, and... So so tell, tell me a little more about your rationale for Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Or do you want to keep that as a surprise? Um... I, like, I, all I'll say about Once Upon a Time in Mexico... Its biggest sin is, it's so overplotted, and yet underplotted. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what like one of my notes for Desperado is, and this is what I this is when I know a movie's working. Fifteen minutes in, I know what's going to happen, but not in a bad way. I know the story. Yeah. I know that this guy's not going to stop looking until he finds Bucho. That's our story. Yeah. Once upon a and, time and in also, Mexico. And also, if you've seen El Mariachi, you know where it's going right. to go. Right. Exactly. Because it's the same exact plot. Because it's the same exact story. <laughs> and for Once Upon a Time in Mexico, the movie doesn't even know what no. it's doing so much Ooh, that no, no, no. Johnny Depp has to explain it for like a second or third time about halfway through the movie. Mm? And that's what, I mean, you know, with with dialogue that says, let me explain this again, kind of, <laughs> you know, and that's when you know you're in trouble. And that movie's just from the get-go in trouble. I think we're on the same page. I was going to say that the the biggest sin for me of this movie is that it doesn't have any center. That right. That it's 
there's no point of identification. We don't know this movie who, doesn't know whose story it's... we're supposed to be following. What indeed that exactly. story is. That movie does, doesn't I... know if this is El Mariachi's story or Johnny Depp's story. And I think there's a good movie in there in the framework of this movie. I do too. But it's actually, not the one yeah. they choose to put on screen. No. Except in the form of flashback. Exactly right. I want to see them. I want to see the movie that comes between these two movies. Right. That it's so it's so funny that it, uh, on I've been listening to a podcast called I don't know why they were talking about this on a podcast called ABC Devo. Um, shout out to Pete the Retailer, former guest of the show, who yeah. is, is on that podcast. Um, and they were talking about something which I thought of here. It's like hearing about better sounding movies than the one you're watching in the dialogue of a movie. Mm -hmm. And they use the example of, well, it's very relevant to us, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. When uh, Indy's being interrogated after the infamous jump the fridge moment. Right. And he talks about what he did during the war, during World War Two. And I think it was John John Ingle is the commentator who said, That sounds great. Why aren't I watching that movie? <laughs> right. And I felt every time every time we went into flashback in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I felt the same thing. I like, exactly. That was like, a movie I would like to see. Stay tuned a, for my pitch. Yeah. S Selma Hayek's <laughs> Kill Bill. Right. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board. All right. Well, anything left for you before we uh, jump head head first into uh, Desperado for our next episode? Anything you got to get off your chest <laughs> in terms of uh, ranking or declaring? No, I think I, I think one of the doing this uh, podcast in twenty twenty one. One of the one yeah, of that's the actually interesting to me because you're you're looking at. Did you see Desperado when it originally came out? I saw Desperado when it originally came out. Okay, but not Once Upon a Time. No, no, I had a I had a bad feeling about <laughs> to go back to the the George Lucas canon. Right. I had a bad feeling about it. Uh, that and was so, entire that was entirely vindicated, vindicated when I sure when I started to watch the movie. Yeah, I just had a sense that uh, this. I tell you what, and I won't elaborate further because we can. We're going to spend a whole episode talking about it. I just thought, for so many reasons, wrong place, wrong time for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, but in twenty twenty one, one the one of the one of the kind of pleasures that perhaps people wouldn't have had at, well, definitely wouldn't have had while watching these movies was to see the development of Danny Trejo as an yeah. action lead, right. I mean, it very much feels like this is he's Robert Rodriguez's personal project. Like it's like a Pygmalion in reverse. He starts out in in Desperado sure. with short hair, not speaking, little bit badass, dies very early. Yeah. Next movie, long hair, Trejo speaks, dies a little later in the movie. <laughs> right. Next is Machete. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Who he makes two, possibly three. We don't know where in space is right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's like, it's just lovely to see the, the the seeds, the germination of like Danny Trejo as a um, as a mythos. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, totally. 
<laughs> in in these movies and and again it's a, it, it feels like you know will robert you rodriguez trace, to... you can trace his whole career through robert rodriguez movies even though right. he's done so much but you can like his growth you know he still does like student films the guy yeah. i mean apart from everything else the guy's a mensch right plus he he's like, got a great taco a... shop well, if like no, but if I've I've heard him interviewed, and if like student filmmakers approach him to do stuff, he does it. He mm-hmm. says it's like, well, this is how I started out. Why am I going to deny anyone that? I mean, that is rare. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, like actually cares about those things. Um, but it's interesting. Like, and and that goes into the overall point I have about does Rodriguez know like the value of his own real estate and maybe if he was making desperado now he'd be like danny trejo front and center you know not no non-speaking extra for him right right um and then obviously you know he's he he's made good on that <laughs> with yeah. with a trilogy with a with a possible trilogy possible of movies trilogy. based yeah, based yeah. on a fake trailer <laughs> right um, yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think he owes I don't think he owes Danny Trejo anything at this point, but um, I was interested good. by that. And also, I mean, uh, the I, we'll and we'll talk about it. But it's interesting to me that, and we've talked about this so many times. And I think there is a historical thesis here to be had in why politically movies that are, were made in the turn of the millennium are so much worse than movies made in the mid-90s, politically. And I don't know why this is happening. It's counterintuitive that things should get worse. But the big political sins of these movies all happen in the in the post-2000 movie. Post-2000, you're right. And I'm just like... And I think, you know, it's it's we've talked about this before with the relation to the final... Uh, I know what you did last summer, and I think Final Destination as well. It's like this, I want to say sweet spot, but it's the opposite of that, like shit spot. Shit, yeah, shit stain. <laughs> Where everyone's become so comfortable with the idea that, that you know, we know the conventions of, of racism and sexism, that we can be postmodern ironic about it, and they go back to being, and that's even more offensive, because you've taken your eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh in terms of like representation and diversity and doing and saying the right things about marginalized communities um, to the point where, you know, that's where you end up with the, the two, the two Jimmy's, the two talk show Jimmy's in blackface within mm-hmm. years of each other. It's just insane. I, I don't under, like, I get such a warm, cozy feeling from Desperado in terms of where it is in history yeah, and exactly the opposite is true. Is when I see a movie from that horrible ninety nine to two thousand three four Hollywood movie up to yeah, absolutely. And it makes no well, maybe it does make sense. Maybe we need to investigate this, and that's how you end up with Trump. I in mean, maybe maybe we're onto something. Maybe we found a bread cra- <laughs> a, a breadcrumb trail that uh, we're gonna follow through sequels. That, that leads to the election of a to, neo-fascist to the yeah, exactly. American presidency. It leads to an answer as to the how and the why. But All right. I, well, I wasn't going to go there, but I, I, you made me think about it, and uh, I, I just couldn't I couldn't hold back. No, I under, I, and I gr- agree with you completely. <laughs> but we'll be talking about it as we talk Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, yeah, uh, that's the, the fi- final thing. 
taking yeah. right going let's go full circle this is a trilogy after all um what what do we call this that was your first the first thing you said what the fuck <laughs> it's the what should we just yeah. call it the what the fuck what the fuck edition i mean retrospectively I... it's been called the mexico trilogy which is a bit weird. That I, I, to I, me is weird. I actually, my, my first thought was to co- say the Desperado edition, just because I gravitate towards that movie and it's the one I like the most of the three. <laughs> but so, then it makes it sound like you're talking about. But that like, feels unfair to song. the other two movies, so that's why I did not do that. Yeah, I mean, it is, I guess you say the El Mariachi trilogy because he's the central character. He is so. Or but just we're not L. doing El Mariachi. The L edition. <laughs> As in the. The, the edition. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have different thoughts on... Uh, I almost said Desperado series again. If you have thoughts on the El Mariachi series, you let us know. Find us on mm. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter... By all means, send an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. You'll be hearing us next time with Desperado. Say goodbye, Tom. I'm all by myself. I like it that way. (laughs) Best line in these movies. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned, everyone. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound, but as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target! Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target! That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you.